This podcast was produced in association with FunEmploymentRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. It is currently September 18th, 2017, and this is the fourth time I've tried to record this. And I do think we may have finally turned the corner off Summer Avenue and onto Autumn Boulevard. But, of course, it'll probably be 90 degrees in a week again, but fudge it. Life is good! Today on the show, it's just little old me talking about some gaming newses and a little reviewses. As per usual, and back from an accidental absence last week, <clears throat> please review and like the show wherever you can. iTunes, Facebook, not SoundCloud, because they were going out of business, but now they're not, but I still don't know. On Twitter and Facebook, the show goes by at WagPodcast, and I'm still waiting for all the corrections and bitch-out emails in the old WagPodcast PDX Gmail account, so get on it, slackers. Rise from your grave. This is So, I don't know. How about some news? What the hell's going on in the gaming world these days? I I don't think I've said it yet. This is Jason Chevron Chops. I'm the guy from the show, always and forever. It's me! Hello! Some of the things I found news-wise. PUBG, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. It's a big PC game. It's early access. If you know, you know. If oh, If you don't, you don't. But they actually set another record of over 1.34 million concurrent players. An insane number by any stretch, but that's also more than the the reigning king of competitive multiplayer, Dota 2, the Defense of the Ancients 2. They typically, I think their record was 1.29 million. It's insane. This, I mean, I don't know. It's... For a game that's still in early access, it's insane. It, is, <laughs> it hasn't even released yet formally. It's still waiting on coming out for... Um, they're going to release like an early access version for Xbox One, I believe, as well, pretty soon here. But still, again, not a finally released game. And they've sold 10 million copies of the damn thing already? It's crazy. I, myself, am still on the fence, uh, but I kind of need to get in before the price jumps up because the early access is like 30 bucks and of course a full retail price is going to be 60 something but uh, i guess we'll see it's kind of my bag but not really my bag because the game modes currently are really limited i think once they add some stuff get some variety in there i'll i'll enjoy it a lot more but it's also i don't know i don't feel like you get much for the 30 bucks that it is currently so ugh, very hard hard to decide my um, new friends, I guess you could say, Humble Bundle, something that I was a little late to the party on, they made a big announcement in the last couple of days here. They've raised over $104 million 
for charities through their their various gaming bundles. And they've only been doing this for a few years. But it's it looks like, from what they said, it took them four and a half years to reach $50 million. And less than three to make the next 50 to get over $100 million. It's insane. Now, if you don't know, they support various charities. I mean, there's there's a bunch of... Sure, I'm sure they've rotated through them at some point, too. But the current ones they list on their site are... Action Against Hunger, Make-A-Wish, Red, Cro- <laughs> Red Cross, World Wildlife Fund, Games Aid, Access Sport, and Special Effect. All, I mean, Red Cross I know, Make-A-Wish I know, of course. So a few, and World Wildlife, yeah. Those bastards for suing WWF all those years ago. Oh, people are going to get confused. Uh, wrestling, panda bears, yeah, you know. But all in all, they're kicking money into some good causes, I don't know how much out of their, their total, like if you pay $12 like I did, I don't know how much of that actually goes to charity versus, you know, to the publishers of the games and to keeping the lights on over there. But whatever. If you want to feel good about spending money on games because it's the hardest thing to feel good about, here you go. Humble Bundle it is. Another big update is coming to Rocket League. If you're in the know, this is the what would you call it? I guess just automobile soccer simulator. <laughs> it's a really fantastic, crazy action, sporty kind of car game um, where you're, I mean, basically just playing soccer, either two on two, three on three, four on four. Uh, they've got all kinds of crazy cars and special effects and little chingaderos that you could throw on your cars and unlock. But they've also got I guess you'd call it a slew of updates coming. So they've got a seasonal update pending for September 28th. That's going to be kind of autumn themed, but the big additions are a farm style arena. That's got all the colors of the season, pumpkins and a barn. It's, it's real cute over there. Look at it. But they've also got like a new, I want to say it's an existing one, but they're opening up for opening opening it up for public use the apocalyptic future arena and then a fancy spacey wacy starbase arena that it said something about like they're they're opening them up to everyone to make it more fair for um esports so everybody has the same maps basically when you go to a competition that way you're not stuck behind a dlc wall um they've also added a new thing when you're inside the goal area, there's a wall around the whole thing. So you can't see out unless you like get out to the, the front of the goal. They're making it so when you get backed into that area, the walls on either side turn transparent so you can see what's going on outside. Nice little addition. Makes sense. They've also got 90 plus free items coming for car customizations. Little thingies to stick on the roof, different flags and special effects again to to throw on there that you'll be able to unlock through competing and winning or maybe losing and <laughs> the you know the like one of the big things though that i saw land support what the craziest thing that pc games still tend to do something that consoles have left behind since oh god xbox 2 maybe the the 360 i think might have maybe done land 
I just remember doing it the last time was on Xbox, the first one. That's the last time I remember ever setting up multiple consoles. I know the PS1, no, 2, I think the PS2 and maybe 3 had some support for it, but mostly just for multi-monitor. So, LAN support, though, I'm looking at you, Ground Control. Dylan, if you're out there, if, you, if you're listening to the podcast, that is something that could make local tournaments a whole lot easier and more interesting. So instead of having to sign into some random server and try to put a game together that way, no, you could just set it up all locally. If you could get a few PCs in the house, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but hey, maybe it could work. They also, <clears throat> they also have some new camera tracking algorithms coming for the spectating side. So something that is a little bit smarter about following the action. So you're not switching just car to car to see what's going on, but the camera will automatically kind of zoom in on the action and keep you in the know. There's also a future beta coming that will actually add a full bracketing tournament support system. So it's going to be able to set up either your own personal games. You'll be able to go out and look for other tournaments that are going on, sign up for them, compete up to 128 players supported in this. It's crazy. It's supposed to be coming sometime in 2018, but the beta should arrive sometime before that. I would imagine. I don't know if it's going to be by the end of the year or not though. In other news, LA Noir. This was a PS3 game that came out kind of a handful of years ago. And Greg Nibbler, friend of the show, master and commander of funemploymentradio.com. He borrowed my copy of it. I have yet to hear back from him to see how he enjoyed it, but I picked it up. I enjoyed it. It was kind of a, a slower take on like a open world criminal thriller type game where you're a detective and you do real detective work. You get called out to a crime scene. You take pictures, look for evidence. You track down potential witnesses and potential um, fugitives. What, what do they call that? Not convicts, but whatever. You're looking for the... I'm going to have to pause and think of the word. Suspects. That's the word. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, you see what a couple beers does in late nights? Oh, boy. So you're looking for fugitives. You, you chase them down. You A lot of like the, the interrogations turn into foot chases and then car chases and then shootouts in various locations. And it's very exciting. One of the killer things about it, though, was all of the, the interactions, all of the, the characters that you have conversations with and there's cutscenes and everything. They filmed the actual actors' faces and then superimposed it into the game. So it's all, I, I feel like it's kind of like watching an FMV game, if you remember those, but with full polygonal graphics all around it. It's, it's really trippy and hard to explain, but if you go out and watch a video of it, or if you've played it, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm waiting to see just how much better this game could look, because it's coming out for the Switch, which is going to be more or less a direct port of the PS3 game, but also Xbox One and PS4. So there's obviously going to be a ton of improvements to the, the graphics and everything. So I'm really interested to see just how much they do to it. There was also some issues that I don't know if they're going to be able to fix where the conversations that you have in the game, these interrogations, they ended up being really 
like choppy and a lot of the the dialogue options felt out of place like you would i can't remember what the four options were but it's like you have an option to like try to like um coerce them into giving up evidence like play nice good cop bad cop type of thing but sometimes when you go with a bad cop option it would be like opposite ends of the spectrum like one bad cop option he would just like talk stern and another one he would get like legit crazy like (laughs) it was a little weird so i remember reading that that was actually due to like a last minute redesign of how those conversations flowed and they just didn't have time to go back and redo everything well now let's see maybe if they do i i don't know who knows how much of the game they're they're willing to change for a re-release like this especially how many years later oh the last little bit of news that I saw that really caught my eye, Bethesda apparently has a new game coming. A new game. Oh boy, what is it? Who knows? <laughs> it could be anything. It could be another Elder Scrolls. It could be another Fallout game. It could be nothing at all. It could be just some DLC that they are fluff enough to be something more than it is. But I guess we shall wait and see. Um... They said it's going to be sooner than later, so get your hopes up, but not too far. It's one of those rules of dealing with Bethesda. I would really love to see a new Fallout game, though, and I'm sure everybody's ready for a new game and a new engine as well, because everything, like, it's it's getting old talking about the bugs. The, the bugs of a Bethesda game are just the running joke of open world RPG games at this point and they they need to get their shit together. That's it. No more excuses, damn it. Now, in terms of stuff I've been playing, boy oh boy, I am kind of all over the road right now. I've got a few different things going on, a few different I don't know, new some some new things, some old things, some broken some blue things. I don't know. There's there's a rhyme out there for something like that. <laughs> Whatever. Like I said, couple of beers late hours hi boy the first one that i want to talk about is this little ditty called agents of mayhem this is from deep silver the guys that brought us the loved and hated venerable or or not saints row series so saints row started as kind of a grand theft auto clone and they tried to do a lot of things that grand theft auto wasn't doing but they also weren't very good at doing a lot of the core things that GTA did so well. So through the years, they've gotten a little bit better, but they've also changed their direction and focus where the first game was straight up just crime and doing dirty, nasty stuff. The second one, I think, took it a little bit crazier, just got a little silly with it, took the reins off a little bit. But the third one, I believe, is when they just like totally just gave up and went hog wild. That's the one where everything just went over the top. And from there, God, I can't remember if they got into four or five, but (laughs) at some point I remember doing the custom character design at the beginning of the game and basically built a naked Dr. Manhattan running around with a three foot long dildo as a weapon and jumping over skyscrapers and doing just all kinds of insane crap. Well, they've taken that and distilled it down to just all that wild and crazy crap, but wrapped it in like a kind of a 
action movie superhero flick style comic book inspired romp through i don't know it's like a fake seal korea seoul korea however you want to say it and it's like similar games i would say oh god what was it crackdown was one that definitely came to mind where did i have the other ones yeah it's like if you've played any of the other saints row games or crackdown or even like Grand Theft Auto Online, you kind of get an idea of the madness that's in this game. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty goofy. I feel like unless there's like some late game stuff, you really don't get too crazy powerful. Like everything comes back to people running around that are on the verge of being superheroes, but not quite because they're still, everybody has guns that they're using. They've got different kinds of laser rifles. They've got... Uh, one chick has a minigun, there's grenades and lasers and all kinds of crazy stuff. But the thing that I feel they're missing is where's, where's the flying guy? Where, where's Superman? Like <laughs> there's, there isn't even really a Batman. It's everybody kind of has the same locomotions. You can jump in cars, you can jump like a, everybody has a triple jump and a, and a dash button and all that, but nobody really has crazy abilities. So it's, it's a weird kind of in-between where you're not quite superhero level, but almost. Overall, the game is just the kind of tune-in, drop-out experience that everybody needs from time to time, right? The graphics are fine. They're a fun mix of Borderlands um, and Grand Theft Auto. Like, semi-real, but also, like, comic. Like, people are... They have, like, the, the goofy proportions and stuff, and there's kind of a slight cell shading and heavy outline thing going on with the graphics the the kind of style of the game so it's it's a little cartoony but not too crazy it's not like ducktales it's more like i i kept getting flashes of like venture brothers and gi joe overall the cityscape that you run around in a good again it's like a futuristic seoul korea it's nice to look at there's i mean the you could see like crazy stuff for what seems like miles but the map is kind of restricted. It's, it's kind of small. I'm sure there's going to be DLC at some point that expands it. Like you get to the top of the skyscraper and look down and you can see they've just made this area of the city and then built a hundred foot wall all the way around it. And you could look every direction and it's just like this little circle island patch that you actually get to run around in. And you do see all of it over and over and over so yeah it's kind of weird i feel like i mean especially talking comparisons with like grand theft auto you had such a huge map in five and even i mean the whole series forever and you have different segments like gta 5 feels like you're in a full-on state because you go from the downtown what is it los santos la substitute and you drive out to like the desert and the dry lakes and you drive up into the mountains and do everything. Well, here you're just in a downtown environment or these underground bunkers that you run through and that's it. There's nothing else. So a little bit of a downer there. The characters are pretty, I don't know. They're really fun. They're goofy, but they also kind of just like rely on generic stereotypes where they just like have one of each of the, the main kind of 
countries and peoples of the world. Like you've got a couple Americans, you've got a Brazilian, a Russian, a German, an Italian. There's a Japanese Yakuza guy. Like it's just basically like checking all the boxes of every race you could think of that might want to be or should be represented. Then from there, everybody's got, oh, there's like a, a Hindi type, uh, like Indian woman as well. But all of them are just basic, generic, kind of like stereotypical pastiches of whatever culture they're supposed to represent. And they've got matching accents and everything. But again, it's it's a goofy game. It's silly. Whatever cultural appropriation you want to flip out about, that's your deal. But it's it's just one of those things. I don't know. As for the enemies and the story overall, again, fun. And they're kind of call-outs to like Bond villains, again, Venture Brothers, G.I. Joe cliches, but pretty well fleshed out and mostly interesting. The controls, on the other hand, that's where things start to take a dive. They're pretty sticky overall, and like I don't feel like they flow when you're like changing direction and running around. Everything's pretty stiff, and I don't know. There's also issues with the gunplay where... It's really not satisfying on the higher difficulties. You've got this this broad scale of difficulty from like it's it's got a setting of one to ten, and then there's also like beyond that, like extra levels that you unlock either by beating the game or somewhere during the later stages. But I've played it at like the the entry level when you start the game is like at a two, and then I kicked it up to like six or so, and then again back up to ten because each level up that you go, you get more experience for everything you do in the game. So it unlocks stuff a little bit faster. It's a little bit more frenetic, but it's also just a pain in the ass sometimes. Like it just turns the enemies into bullet sponges. So even the generic guys take like multiple clips and reloading is a pain in the ass in this game because it takes forever. Meanwhile, you're getting blown up, shot up. There's no cover system. There's just a lot of like almost theirs, you know? Die, oh, sorry, dying. Dying happens a lot, but the driving is also pretty meh overall. Like, it's sometimes fun when you get the really fast cars, but the drifting is also broken because you don't have a true e-brake to initiate a power slide. You have a drift button, and all it does is slide the car sideways, but you have no, like, control beyond that. Like, you can drift more or less but that's it so what happens is i always end up stopping too short or going into the next like building i can never get it nailed down right into the middle because again it's it's a goofy setup and when you let off of it you're going almost zero miles an hour and you have to use your boost to just get back up to speed so it really doesn't do what it should and there's no 180 turn like Usually that's what you use the e-brake for is when you want to do a real quick tail whip, spin around and go to the other direction. You cannot do that in this game. Very weird. There's also jumps all over the town and they're just not fun. Like the GPS in the game will lead you through the jumps. They're literally a part of the traffic in <laughs> the way they have it set up. And it just, I don't know. It, it's not fun. It's not rewarding. I think I got one trophy or something for taking a big jump but that's it in gta there's the unique jumps all over the the state that there's like 50 or 100 of them or whatever that you can do one by one and you 
I can't remember if you actually get anything special for it. Maybe just like a, a little blast of cash, but it's something. It gives you a reason to, to go to those weird out-of-the-way areas and do things, which this game just doesn't. There's little chests all over the place that help you unlock new abilities and give you cash to buy stuff, but they're just everywhere, so it's kind of boring, and I don't know if they're even like a set number or if they're just always everywhere and they just keep spawning and spawning and spawning. Like, I don't know if there's a running list of, oh, you collected all 5,000 of these crates. Like, oh, I would never want to, but I, like I said, I have no idea if it's even in there. There's also, in driving, there's some weird clipping. Sometimes it'll happen. I remember I was driving through just like an open area and all of a sudden, dead stop, flipped the car in the air, and back to nothing, like starting from like zero miles per hour, just out of nowhere. But that's what these games are known for. Glitches. And, oh boy, it has them in spades. It's kind of early in the release, in the, the life of the game. I'm sure there will be updates and patches and stuff that come along. Because, God, I think it's, like, this is the first week that it's been out. Maybe? I might be behind on that. But there's things like you'll interface with something. Like, you have to hack computers to stop something from happening or unlock a door or whatever. Well, once you're on the the little animation and mini game to unlock it, if you get shot during the hacking, it'll, like, knock you out of it. You'll have to kill whoever is shooting at you and then try to hack it again. No big deal there. But what happens when you actually successfully hack it and there's people shooting at you, the game keeps you frozen in that mode and plays like whatever cutscene it's going to do. Meanwhile, you're dying. <laughs> I've had this happen multiple times where there was another one where you're supposed to drive your car to a location and... I jumped out like right when I got there and my character was frozen out of my control during this cutscene where everybody, all the, the NPCs, the enemies are shooting and throwing grenades and do it. When I came back to actually being able to control my character, two of my three people were dead. <laughs> like, I, I don't get it. How? This, that's a big deal. That's not just like a little bug, like, oh yeah, this one mission, don't talk to this person. Or No, this is directly in the main line of the quest, and this crap happens. So there was that. There were some frozen enemies where you kill them, and then they just stand there. They don't fall on the ground or do anything. That was a little just awkward. <laughs> There's also times, I feel like every car that you get in, because you can take over um, the regular traffic driving around, or you could call up your own custom car that's a lot faster, more powerful, crazy. But when you get into these public cars, there's no sound most of the time. I don't think I've heard an engine out of anything but like the supercars that you get. And even then, the supercars sometimes the boost stops like working. There's a like a little graphic like of a purple flame that shoots out of the the back of these little turbo jets under the bumper, and they look really cool. And I really love how it's, like, white hot inside those little engine compartments. But half the time, the purple flames don't engage. Like, they're just not there until you come to, like, a complete stop, get out, get back in, and then they'll be there again when you boost. Like, just weird little goofy stuff. Um, another one that was a pain in the ass was, like, the little side quests that pop up. There's all kinds of little things like, oh, take this car, drive it over here. Oh, 
run through these checkpoints as fast as you can, that type of stuff. Well, it seemed like they just looped over and over. So I would do one, complete it, and then it would still be on my radar to go do it again. So I did it twice on this one and realized, oh no, I'm doing the exact same thing. And I look at my, um, it keeps a list of your, like whatever missions you've accepted or marked on your thing. And it was listed there like eight times. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell was going on there. Definitely not a normal thing to, to see and experience, but I don't know if it breaks anything. I don't know if completing those missions is supposed to unlock something, if that would prevent it down the road. I have no idea. Just, again, more little glitches that these games are known for, unfortunately. Now, as far as, like I said, there's a leveling system, there's unlocks and upgrades for all the characters. Overall, the system is, it feels really random and limited. And it sucks because you can't truly customize the characters at all. The the ones you start with are locked into whatever gun they have, whatever special abilities they unlock. You have no choice in any of that. You'd have no choice in what they look like or anything, which lends itself to this kind of character-driven side, which, God, there's like 15 different characters, which is crazy to imagine. Like, every one of them has a full script throughout the game for every quest, every mission, and like different reactions to things inside that and like side stories that develop just through like intercom conversations. There's crazy depth to these people. So I can see why they wouldn't want to dump all that to make like a custom character creation. But I would really like to play with a certain character if I could configure them to use a certain weapon and a certain set of skills or whatever. That I could really go for in this game. But unfortunately, you don't get that. You get three characters from the start that are basically garbage overall compared to what you eventually unlock. So the one of them has an assault rifle type thing that only has one mode, one fire mode, and then he can like shoot grenades on a secondary ability, whatever. The other guy that you start with has a shotgun that literally has like a two-foot range. He has to be right in front of the person to do any damage. And if you're too far away, it does nothing. There is no range of damage. Like if they're 10 feet away, it does X amount. 20 feet away, it does this amount. There's no spread to it. There's no nothing. It's if they're not within five feet of you, you do nothing to them. He is absolutely useless. Well, guess what? Later on in the game, I don't know how long it really takes. It took me 10 or so hours to unlock the the few that I did. But there's a guy called Red Card. He's a German soccer hooligan. He's got an assault rifle with a secondary mode that's a shotgun. Literally a combination of these first two garbage guys. But just when you think that's going to be perfect, he has no grenades. His special ability is he charges himself up like a bomb and you run into the middle of a, a group of guys and explode. That's it. And at the higher levels, it's freaking useless because you dive in there, you explode, the enemies don't die because they have too many hit points, and they just melt your shit. They completely annihilate them every time I try to do it. So <laughs> it's, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of balance issues, I feel. But like I said, I've got it at the highest difficulty that it'll go to right now. So if I lowered it back down, 
I wouldn't get as much experience. It'd be harder to unlock stuff for these guys, but I think it might actually be more fun, maybe. Like, again, the, the satisfaction truly isn't there with any of the weapons that I've played with, except for the, the Indian woman. She did have a bow and arrow that was a little bit satisfying because you could get, like, sick headshots with that. But, like I said, once I upped the difficulty, that was out the window. It took, like, three or four headshots to kill anybody. So, useless, pointless, again. But when the difficulty was too low, it was too easy. So, again, issues with balance. It's, it's, it's weird. It's not really unheard of, but eh, it's, it's just awkward. So, in the end, I ended up using the um, American Roller Derby Babe. Daisy or whatever her name is. Um, she's got the minigun. It's pretty cool actually just rolling around on roller skates and flying through the air with a giant minigun. It's pretty entertaining. Um, and her abilities are like, like with all of them, their abilities are unique. Hers, she just barrels through people. She can knock everyone back on their ass and just basically cruise around running everybody over. The soccer player, like I said, he has his bomb thing. I've been using him. And then the last one is this Brazilian pirate lady that she's called Fortune and has these little like blaster guns. The only reason she's in my party is because you need her to hack into stuff. So if it wasn't for that, I would definitely be using somebody else. But I can't figure out who is the least garbage of the remaining ones. So uh, I don't know. To each their own. That's that's one to figure out if you do get into it. Again, like I said, the, the starters were generic and restrictive, and later on you get characters that are just so much better, and it's uh, just, again, bad balance. Oy. Too forced. The Like I said, it, at least if they would let you swap weapons between the different characters, I think that would be a huge thing, too. Like, if, if you had all these neat things, like the shotgun is, is good for, you know, specific situations, but having only that, not so great. But, like with the, the red card guy, having the, the rifle for long shooting and then the shotgun for up close, perfect. Well, if I could maybe use his abilities with the minigun, I don't know if that'd be better. Or, you know, there's so, there got to be some, has to be some kind of mix and match ability, which definitely is just lacking. Now, um, the side quests, there's, like I said, tons of them. There's also... Uh, a world map that is like a map of the real world. Like you have North America, South America, Asia, um, Australia, everything, all the continents. It lets you send out everybody that's not in your active party, the three that you're running around with. It lets you send them out on remote missions to do little like BS side quests for money and um, unlocks. And it also unlocks these kind of raid-like events where you go into other bunkers and steal whatever upgrades are in there. So it's it's nice that when those people aren't in your party, there is something to do with them, and you unlock progressively how many you could send out and what they can do when they're out there. But just little kind of neat things, little RPG-like elements that they throw in there. Um, but overall, I think Final Word is going to be rent it or buy it cheap. I do not think this is a game that most people will get $60 worth out of. It's fun, like I said, for a while. It's frustrating in its own little ways, but it really just 
kind of teases me as to what would be possible if somebody like Rockstar took the same approach to a game. So basically, in the end, if any of that floats your boat, then all aboard the party cruise, brah! The other game that <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say I've been playing the hell out of was the Fallout Shelter, which came out years ago now when Fallout 4... Yeah, Fallout 4 came out. This was like an Android tie-in and also on PC, on Steam. But it's a complete freeware game. There's stuff that you can buy in the game to unlock stuff faster, whatever, get like more characters, etc. But in the game, you could do and achieve everything you can with spending actual dollars. It just takes a long time. I've been playing this stupid-ass thing for 27 hours already. <laughs> and now, it's it's a game that you don't have to necessarily actively play because you can just minimize it. You could put it to sleep, basically, and come back in a couple hours and things will have happened and you could progress that way. But to actively sit and play it for an extended time kind of grinds because you, you run out of stuff to do. There's only so much going on and there's a lot of watch and wait. So, But I played it for God knows how long on my Android when it first came out because it is insanely fun and just super... It's one of those games that manipulates your like endorphin system <laughs> where you get these little bits of like success and they just like the, the little tidbits and it's like a candy trail into the deepest darkest forest that you'll never come out of but it's so great it feels so good but um when i had quit playing it before i just kind of got tired of it i don't know there it was early on because i got it the day it came out i remember but um eventually in my my absence they have added like a new quest system where you could send people out instead of just sending them out into the wasteland to do random stuff on their own you can send them to a, another destination like a another vault or a different like um there's different kind of buildings and grocery stores and gas stations that they get sent to and then you guide them through the building and kind of semi-actively battle with the enemies and and do everything to collect rare items and it's nice because now there's like little side stories going on and more stuff to do which is always good you're not just watching the ants in the ant farm and collecting their supplies whenever they're done producing water and electricity it's much more than that now there was also i don't think back then they had this mysterious stranger that pops up that is this uh it is just so stupid and addictive and i love it but he'll pop up and you just hear like a sound cue He's somewhere in your, your fallout shelter. You've got to zoom around with the mouse and try to find out where he is, what room he's just standing in, because he'll just blend in. He'll stand behind somebody and you'll barely be able to see him. And if you're lucky, he'll be just standing in the elevator shaft or in an empty room. But most of the time, he's so well blended in, you hear the audio cue, you go screaming around looking for him, and then you hear the audio cue when he leaves. And, oh, you're just brokenhearted and full of despair but man when you find him and god when he drops like he'll typically reward you with like two to five hundred caps is the in-game currency but there's been a couple of times now that i've grabbed him and he's given like four to five thousand and oh my god i just fall on the floor and 
shower myself with virtual bottle caps, like Scrooge McDuck in his big gold vault. <laughs> there's also, there's been um, daily freebies that have been popping up every time you log in, because I think there's like an anniversary thing going on. Something, I remember seeing, maybe they had like 10 million registered players, so 10 million people have downloaded and played the game at some point. <clears throat> A little edit here. The reason for the season is because there have been over 140 million vaults created inside this game. Insane. That is all. And they're just giving away free stuff. So get in if you're if you're still interested, if you haven't played it for a while, if you've never played it for a while, it's definitely worth picking up. I mean, for free. Free dollars, man. And I don't know if it's on consoles. I think it's just PC and Android, iPhone, that type of thing. But do. Do check it out. It's a great way to kill time. And like I said, it's something that you can pick up and play anytime, anywhere, for any amount of time, big or small. And from there, it's very hard to quit staring at it like a damn moth. I swear to God. The other game that I've been playing was um, Rise of the Tomb Raider. This is the one that came with the Humble Bundle for the month, and I'm still waiting to see what other titles are going to be a part of that, but it's the Tomb Raider from, like, 2015, and so far, great. I love it. Like, it's a little more fresh and different than the Uncharted games, because I've played all of those, and I'm completely and thoroughly burned out on them, because I have the fifth one, fourth or fifth one, see, I, God, there's so many, but I got the one on PS4, and I stopped, I don't know, maybe halfway through it and just don't care to go back, unfortunately. Whereas this one, it's it's the same but different. It's a little bit faster paced, I, I think. And also, actually, I don't know. They're, they're so similar in the, the themes because it's a big adventure. It's like playing through an Indiana Jones movie, but they are different in very specific tiny little ways so it's it's kind of hard to explain but it is fun there's i think it's maybe because of the kind of rpg like elements that are in this one where you've got material collection you can build your own weapons there's upgrade systems and everything so i think that's probably what the the big drive is that there's a a constant progression going on where you're not just running through a story and seeing you know all the big plot points develop like you do in uncharted you've got that and a lot of side stuff going on there's open maps to run around in which they finally added in the last uncharted but there's not a lot to do there and especially in terms of unlocking stuff there's there's no better items or cooler gear or anything like that that i remember in uncharted where tomb raider has that like you can upgrade your bow and build new bows eventually and all your guns and stuff so I, I appreciate that, and I hope to see the game through all the way to the end, because it runs really, really well on my computer, it looks great, it's fun to play, so why the hell not? Now, this is like the, the bittersweet time of year, because this is the season of dread and the season of plenty. There are so many games that are going to be coming out, like, they're, it's already started. You've got Destiny 2 that hit, you've got... I've I'm got my eyes on Project Cars 2, which is like four days from now. Then you've also got Battlefront coming soon. Forza 7 is more of a big maybe for me, since I'm going to have 
Project Cars, I probably don't need another strict racing game. I would love to be able to play it and try it out. Maybe if the, the gods are willing, I'll get a review copy. Like I'm, I'm trying on that side, but I want to see where that game stands today in comparison to something like Project Cars. Project Cars is a hardcore sim racing game. Forza 7 is more of like a need for speed take on hardcore racing. So I want to see how far they've gone and in what direction, you know, to see just, I, I don't know, how they compare. And they're really puffing that one up to be something epic. And if the download size is anything to judge it on, they said it's going to be 95 gigabytes or so on the Xbox One. So they've only got room for like 50 gigabytes on the disc. And then there's going to be another 45 gigabytes to download on day one just to be able to play the stupid thing. So I don't know what it's going to look like on PC. Probably going to be pretty close. But that's another thing now that I've already run into is going with the, the SSD that I did. I got a 250 gigabyte. Well, just having Battlefield 1's pig ass on there, that's like 90 some odd gigabytes, I think, when I checked. So that's out the window. I won't be playing that anymore. So, oh, remains to be seen what I end up getting. Because um, there's the argument that I've had about Destiny and Battlefront. Like, I was kind of planning on getting both, but I don't know now. Like, I don't know if I'll really play Destiny. I wanted to get... Battlefront on console because I have a lot more buddies that play on PS4 from the, the looks of it. But I want to be able to try out new things on the PC too. So kind of a dilemma there. I don't know. I I don't think I'll like playing Battlefront on the PC. Like I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it before. That I like playing games with the gamepad now. Keyboard and mouse is much better for first person shooters. But... Battlefield and Battlefront, I don't know. Like, I just got so much more used to them on a console and be able to just, like, kind of sit back, relax with the controller where with the keyboard and mouse, you have to be in a certain position physically or else you're going to get weird, like, cramps and aches and crap. Like, <laughs> stiff necks and stiff backs and whatever. And carpal tunnel, who knows? But, yeah, that's, that's, that's constant debate for me. The other thing is just budget constraints. I mean, I can't spend $500 on every damn game that comes out that I'm never going to play. I've got to pick and choose, you know? That's where, again, hopefully you get some review copies going. But if they don't, whatever. I guess I just won't play them. How about that? There is going to be a Forza 7 demo, though. I remember seeing that. So that I'm looking forward to. That At least then I could test my system and see how it runs. And then that gives me a little bit of comparison to Project Cars too. Demos are usually not full examples of what the game is capable of or how it runs, but it's at least a good benchmark starting point for it. The other thing that that budget conversation brings up is the PSVR that I have. That thing I think has worn out its welcome. I literally haven't played it in months now, which is very sad, but it's not due to a lack of content. There are definitely tons of awesome games to play on it, it's just nothing really in my wheelhouse. Like, nothing that I've been really excited for. Um, I was looking forward to eventually playing, what was it, the Eve Valkyrie game. But it's so limited that it's it's basically just dogfighting. There's nothing else to it. It's not a full single-player experience at all. 
there's like a, a single player mode, I think, that runs you through like a couple hours of story and stuff, but that's it. I, I need more than that. I need a broader experience, but that's what's not coming to the console. The only things that I had on my list of games that uh, basically when I was looking at the system initially, it's like, okay, if these games come out for it, I'm going to get it. Well, I ended up just not waiting, not being patient enough, I guess, and bought it early as soon as like the second round of shipments kind of came together and ended up with Dirt Rally being like my go-to game. That was the one that I've played the most of in VR, and that's what I wanted the PSVR for, was Project Cars 2, the Dirt series. Gran Turismo is supposed to support it. Then there's also games like Skyrim and Fallout that I imagined playing in VR and just got just so giddy. And then like Grand Theft Auto too. All these open world or super realistic simulation racing games that's what I was here for. That's what I got it for. That's what I invested in. I got Dirt Rally, which was great. Dirt 4 comes out. The direct follow-up to it does not support VR. No talk if they're going to support VR either. Super pissed in that regard. Then come to find out Skyrim is coming. It is going to be on PSVR. And that was one of like the, I don't know, the... the the pedestal games, the ones that were up on top. Word is they're going to charge full price for it. <laughs> this is a game that I already own on two different systems because I got it for PS3. I got it for PS4. I'm not going to get it for PC because I've played it twice now. And I'm definitely not going to buy it again for PS4. It's insane. So it's also going to be, I mean, it's, it's a five or six year old game now. It's going to be downgraded graphics to make it work with the PSVR. So it's probably going to look like a PS3 game overall for full price. And the locomotion is broken because they're doing like a point-to-point -point warp system as the default control scheme. That's a bad sign. I don't know for sure if they're going to have like full regular standard controls with it too. But that's, like I said, that's a, that's a bad sign. Fallout, on the other hand, is not coming out for PSVR in any capacity. Gran Turismo has dwindled down their support because they're an in-house Sony developer, so they kind of have to stick to what they said they were going to do with the PSVR. Well, what it's turned into is you have one specific mode where you basically race head-to-head -head against an AI car on specific tracks, and that's it. That's 1% of the whole game. The experience of Gran Turismo is going through the career mode and doing all these races against multiple cars or going online and racing against other people, multiple cars, all of that out the window. In addition to Project Cars 2, not supporting it at all. So every single game on my list is out of the question. Again, there's plenty of games out there. There's tons of experiences. There's tons of stuff to do and see with it. But it's just not my games. So she's got to go. This $400 investment that from looking around on eBay and stuff is maybe worth like $250 now. Hey, that's a lot of games that I could buy, I guess. So <laughs> if anybody's in the market, let me know, especially if you're local. But it's, uh, it's, it's hard to let it go just because I was so hyped on the potential of it, but 
just got my heart broken. And now my the PC I built, the video card does not qualify for any of the VR stuff. And I don't want to spend another four or $500 on a headset and everything for that. If I was going to get like the Vive or the Vive, whatever, or a Oculus, but I don't know. VR is just, it's, it's really bleeding edge. It's really expensive. And we're just, I don't know. We're not there yet. Like I said, there's, there's lots of cool experiences on there. I used the crap out of it for the first couple of months. I had it like playing all kinds of stuff. And it was great to show people what was possible. It's an awesome showpiece, but like I said, the experiences that are out there just don't talk to me. They don't, they don't speak to me. If I could get any of the games like I wanted, like a full Fallout experience or the full Gran Turismo experience or Project Cars, like all in, all day, forever. But until they do that, I am out. And speaking of out, I am done with this show for today. So once again, in closing, if you do like the show, if you like the episodes where I ramble like this about whatever the hell I've been doing, or if you like the episodes better, where the episodes better see my brain is just gone. If you like the episodes with interviews with people from the industry and stuff like that better, let me know. Send me an email to wagpodcastpdx at gmail.com. Tell me on Twitter at wagpodcast or how about Facebook at wagpodcast. I've got all that stuff locked down. Just shoot me a line. Also, rate and review the show on iTunes. That will help immensely in getting the, the word out that this show exists and people listen to it and like it. Until next time, this is Jason Chevron Chops. This has been the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for stopping by.